Hey, what's up? This is the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk, no Lante today. It's all good. We're going to talk a bunch of baseball. Man, I'm excited. I got that itch. About Kyle, you, you feel that way too? Absolutely. Sun is shining, like Greg Solier said. It's got an early feel of spring. Surely we're going to get snow at some point soon. And, um, Tomorrow, maybe. Oh, great. Really soon. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a nice little break from it. Oh yeah, we haven't We're even dodging had the thought of snow it, for like a month almost. We'll probably get pummeled in March. Yeah, exactly. For no, just for no reason. But uh, anyways, it'll trickle into April probably. No doubt. Didn't it do that last year? That sounds right. I mean, I think every every year seems like of late we've kind of gotten a break in the the January into February window, and then it's like when it's supposed to be spring, then you get the snow, and you're just waiting for that. For that breakthrough, and sometimes it feels like spring is maybe two weeks long, where you linger winter, then you get spring for like two weeks, and then, oh, the summer's here. So, uh, I'm just glad I'm not, although I am jealous that Lon has high school baseball to follow, especially with Andrew Tate throwing mid-80s these days, which is uh, awesome, by the way. He was in here with his his baseball in, uh, in mitt yesterday as they were going to have a catch, but... Uh, those are some really, really fun times, but high school baseball in the springtime in Illinois is um, you're subject to play a lot of 30-degree type of games there. So uh, don't miss that, the sting of the, the metal bat. But anyways, I am ready for some baseball for sure. And we are going to talk plenty of that. We're going to have Jeff Jones, some sights and sounds from spring training down there for the St. Louis Cardinals from Jupiter, Florida. He's with the Belleville News Democrat, does a great job for them. We've had him on the show a number of times and uh, excited to just hear about pitchers and catchers reporting and what's that looking like down there in Jupiter and I know players, uh, position players filing in as well. Saw a video of Jordan Walker walking up there today. So we'll uh, we'll make Kyle suffer through a little bit of a, a Cardinals segment. We got to get a Cubs person on at some point, but I, I wanted to start this by kind of just talking big picture the MLB, because I saw a story today on The Athletic, they're dropping their early season power rankings for the upcoming MLB season. And Kyle, just want to kind of dish on that and, and get some thoughts. Who would you guess to be at the top spot? This is The Athletic who came up with this poll. Who would you say should be the preseason favorite or preseason number one in the poll? I wonder if it's maybe the team that spent over a billion dollars this offseason, potentially. Could be. Uh, it's not, actually. Is it not? No, but I think because and you're, of course, referencing the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Dodgers, Dodgers but course. I guess Shohei would not being part of that pitching rotation. And a team that got bounced, and, and I thought that they were going to win it last year, and it was a little bit of a surprise that they ran into some of that Philly magic. The Atlanta Braves still... Obviously, a very sense. formidable squad. I mean, you're you're splitting hairs here at the very, very top. That's the thing, though, because didn't the Dodgers win like a couple games? Or did they win more games than the Braves last year? I can't remember. Was it? Good question. I, they were in the hundreds. Both of them were. And then you're signing a three hundred million dollar pitcher and the greatest player in the sport. So the Braves went one hundred four and fifty eight. The Dodgers went one hundred sixty two. So just four game difference between the Braves and Dodgers, and then like you said, they got Shohei. They signed Yamamoto to add to the pitching rotation. So I get it. I mean, the, the Dodgers have made big time waves. I I wouldn't argue if you wanted to say the Dodgers were, were preseason number one either. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm gonna be actively rooting against the Dodgers all season long with them deferring six hundred uh, and whatever million of the Shohei Otani contract and. It's just, it's so frustrating to see that. You spend over a billion dollars, but you actually don't owe, you owe like five bucks this year <laughs> and you pay the rest in 2038 or yeah. whatever. It's just ridiculous. It's like running up a credit card. I'll pay it. I'll pay it later. Although it's not the compounding interest, I don't think, uh, as far as that goes. But uh, they also got Tyler Glass now. That's right. Via trade. I was trying to remember. I thought they had got a third pitcher because two. $300 million and $700 million guys aren't enough, apparently. Clayton Kershaw's back. They re-signed him. Wasn't the same guy last year. Was he injured last year? He was year? hurt for most of the yeah. year. How much does he have left? He's 35 years old. I feel like it was kind of more of a just like, hey, 
We signed Shohei. Here we go. We think we might win a World Series this year. We'll bring you back on a one-year deal if you pitch a little bit, sure. Otherwise, just try to get another ring with us, more of a legacy signing. I don't sure. really think he's going to factor in a ton. I guess he did. So last year, he did make 24 starts. Is that right? 13-5, and 2.46 ERA. I would not have... Would not have expected that. So he, he was hurt for one stretch of the summer. Yes, he was, and then I guess he came back. So he's he's not registered thirty starts in a while, or even high twenties. He's been twenty four, twenty two, twenty two the last three seasons. But the last two years, a two point four six last season, and then a two point two eight in twenty twenty two. So maybe guess he does still, have a lot left. Maybe he Man, still I has didn't realize. A, a guy that has some well known postseason struggles, but. I'd take him in my rotation for sure. I, I don't even know that the Dodgers had to give him a ton of money to re-sign with, with them. It, it looks like it was a two-year deal that coming last week. So uh, on the Braves side, in terms of their offseason, it didn't seem like it was terribly eventful, right? I mean, they got Jared Kelnick from the Mariners, and then also they made a deal with the Red Sox to get Chris Sale. But are we going to see the same Chris Sale again? I think that... Someone that is in the kind of the, the the mindset of some some things right now for the Cardinals, but usually like okay, they're going to make this move, and on paper or just to the national perception, like why, why would they do that? That guy's washed, you know. Then you know, Lon brought it up last year when, or I should say, last show about getting Lance Berkman when you know he's terrible for the Yankees, looked on his like he was on his last legs, and he hits like thirty plus home runs as a postseason hero for you. So maybe they can channel uh one more stellar year out of Chris Sale but he's been a guy that's had a ton of injuries but now that they have to probably rely a ton on him they still got plenty of other guys whether it's their rotation was kind of their downfall though yeah true I mean it's hard to poke a weakness in a team that was so dominant last year and their lineup's incredible but you started to look down that rotation head into the playoffs and you didn't feel amazing about it i know obviously max freed is great and strider strider although he just he gave up a lot of runs last year i know he's got incredible stuff strikes everybody out but he for what you expect of him his era was in the high threes i don't know i i, I think they could could have used some pitching help maybe chris sale will be that but he's started what 27 games combined the last three seasons wow so i don't know yeah you got him who's Running up there in age, and then also injuries. Charlie Morton's forty. I know you're gonna still have him slotted. They as a somehow starter. pump out like a three fifty ERA with him, <laughs> and he gives them like a hundred and eighty innings yeah. every year. I don't, I don't understand some of these guys. Right? Maybe Bryce Edler or uh, Elder, I should say, Bryce Elder, who was an All Star last year, kind of fell off in the second half of the season. A young pitcher can be a little bit more consistent for them. But yeah, I mean, when you have a lineup of Acuna, who's the reigning MVP. Riley, Olsen, Ozzy Albies, Sean Murphy. I mean, it's... How about the season Olsen had last year? Could you imagine that the Braves just screw up the Freddie Freeman free agency? He wanted to come back. They didn't get him back, and they get a first baseman who had a better season. And cheaper. <laughs> and cheaper. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, crazy. Wouldn't you just love to have an organization uh, that runs itself mm -hmm. like that? I would. I sure would. So you got the... Braves and Dodgers at the top. Unfortunately, for pretty much everybody else in the National League, that's that's the cream of the crop. Not to say that a team like, oh, we'll get to them, like the Phillies, of course, the team that went to the World Series last year and the Diamondbacks can't have something to say about it, but it is a little bit of a defeated feeling if you're, say, the St. Louis Cardinals, maybe the Chicago Cubs. Of Yes. You can win that porous NL Central, and then you aren't even on the same caliber of, of echelon as those other teams. But again, uh, you probably would have said that about the D-backs. Obviously, going into the year and even going into the postseason, yeah, they've had a nice season. They've been fun, but wait till they run into the Braves or wait till they uh, have to face off, which they did with the Dodgers. Um, but they were able to take Lance Lynn yard four times in one inning, and um, <laughs> they were able to pass <laughs> pass them on that. So, so. They can do that in St. Louis next year? Uh-huh. Yep. I would imagine so. All right, let's go down. So we got the uh, our, our top two, according to The Athletic. Number three, a mover and shaker here recently, and a, a darling team that was young last year that bowed out early in the postseason, the Baltimore Orioles. Number three They're going to be awesome. They get Corbin Burns. 
I wondered last year, speaking of like pitching being a potential weakness, if they had enough to go on that, uh, to go on a real run. I mean, they won 103 games, I believe, last season. But to have Kyle Gibson as kind of your your number one starter just didn't seem like they had enough firepower uh, in their rotation. You definitely get that with Corbin Burns. The Orioles may not be done either in terms of going out and getting another top of the rotation type of piece, whether they're going to be in the mix for Jordan Montgomery as as some of these options are whittling down for him, or they're going to make a trade. We know that Dylan Cease is being still floated out there, Shane Beaver, Jesus Lazardo. I know that Miami's in the in the news for potentially being interested in shipping one of their pitchers out. Uh, so I, I think that Baltimore is, is really in win-now mode. They got a really young lineup. And speaking of which, we're going to see Jackson Holiday this year, who should make the opening day roster. I know here in the athletics piece, it says that he's currently expected to start at second base for them and will be a favorite to win the AL Rookie of the Year. Gunnar Henderson was a rookie last year, shortstop, who's got pop and a lot of ability. Adley Rushman is already on a very, very short list in terms of the top catchers in baseball, if not the top catchers. So are, are the Orioles for real? Are they the class of the AL? Do you buy that, Kyle? I feel like they kind of got to prove it a little bit. I mean, they 103 wins does speak for itself. It's just incredible because I think they had the number one ranked farm system last year while simultaneously winning 103 games, Jeez. which is just incredible. And, yeah, I mean, they just have so much young talent that I think it would be – to me, if they want to be the true favorites in the AL, they should go make one more move for a pitcher. They've got all the prospect depth to do it. Corbin Burns is a heck of a move for them, but you just look at the names in that rotation. I know they got solid pitching out of some of those guys, and I saw actually earlier today one of their starters, I think it was Bradish, Bradish maybe, yeah. who got put on the injured list, got hurt right at the start of spring training. I think that like a Dylan Cease, I know that fit has been thrown out there so much. Burns and then cease the top. I think you got – if you were to go get another, like, 2-3 starter to put next to Burns near the top of that rotation and then kind of let the depth fill itself in with some of those younger guys, I think I'd be bought in that the Orioles could win the AL pennant. I think they still can, but the pitching is a little bit of a concern because, my goodness, do they have position players galore. Got, what, Westberg, their third baseman prospect. Mm. He's also probably going to be up this year with Holiday, with Adley, with Henderson – yeah, and even like Austin Hayes was an all-star last year yep. out there in the outfield too. So they've got a plethora of talent and options. Uh, speaking of the rotation, Grayson Rodriguez is one of their top yeah. prospects who was a little up and down last year. He but maybe, throws like 99, yeah. doesn't he? So he's got a lot of ability if it clicks for him. And they add one more piece, man, they can be really, really dangerous. The Astros are fourth. They're never going to go away. They are not, and they showed that. They continue to be aggressive, which I'm just continually like they made the move to get Verlander last year at the deadline. They signed Josh Hader in the offseason. It's like, why can't why can't my team do that? So uh, they've obviously built a great infrastructure of a core of Altuve, who they recently inked to a extension. They got Bregman. Uh, they've got Alvarez, who was absolutely a monster last year. Kyle Tucker's a good young player for them, and then they've they've got plenty of pitching. So they're they're going to be there every year. Have they made how many CS in a row have they made? So like oh, seven or something like that. It's something I think it might be six. Let's see. Yeah, they've been. Yeah, they've they've lived there in the ALCS <laughs> every year. Yeah, and and fell this year to the Texas Rangers, who are next on the list at five. And of course, they're going to have something to say about that. That's going to be quite another chase there in that AL West, a good division. Uh, it is seven straight. Wow. You're right. Seven straight. Only the, Mariners the second aren't team either. in big league history to do that. Man. Must be nice, and they're probably not going away. So uh, they're at four. The Rangers are at five. I mean, the reigning World Series winners, they, they have some injuries in the rotation. When's the, is DeGrom going to be back? I know that's kind of like – that's the long, age-long question. Put that on repeat. We needed that like a hotkey, especially if we were in that team's market. But uh, you did, it, it is terrible, though, because that guy is so dominant when he pitches. 
but for whatever reason, he just cannot make more than five starts at a time without suffering some major setback. It, you just feel terrible because he was on like a total Hall of Fame. He might still be, but he was just absolutely dominant. That one year where he had like a 160 ERA, yeah. every time he went out, like the whole season, he gave up one run or zero runs every start was just unbelievable. I want to see him healthy. I want to see him pitch again. He is nasty when he's out there. I just can't understand why it seems like he just cannot get healthy again. There's just some guys that it's terrible. One injury spirals into, you know, a bunch of other ones, or it's just kind of the same injury keeps flaring up. I don't really know. Has he had a bunch of different injuries or been the same injury that keeps uh, popping that's up? That's a good for question. Him? So I know he had Tommy John, but has he just I think been he's dealing most, with arm problems? Yeah, I think it's definitely, yeah, the arm, maybe the elbow, uh, which I know is the is the Tommy John that just continues to pop up for him. Would you be <laughs> – of course it's not going to happen, but would you shelve him until like the – until September, see if like and yeah, see if you see. can just get like two months out of him. Yeah, no, I I would think about it. Scherzer also a guy that I don't know if he's gonna be ready at the beginning of this season. They added him mid season last year. Uh, showed some signs of maybe being towards the end. I mean he's he's up there in age, but obviously a a competitor that's that's got still good pretty good stuff. And uh, Nathan Evaldi was probably the best pitching signing out there last offseason one of the best uh and came up very very clutch for them so i think they'd be wise to re-sign montgomery i know it came out today or yesterday their gm which we're going to talk free agency uh after we visit with jeff jones we'll do that later in the show but it came out yesterday the rangers gm so they don't anticipate adding anybody before opening day of course things can change of course it could be Kind of playing some Do hard you read ball. into those words. It's like yeah. add anybody. Well, he was already on the team. Ah, Is he not ruling out Jordan Montgomery? Go. I like that. That's that's a good point. But and maybe there is like as you have reached spring training and you've got these asking prices of agents, namely Scott Boris and a lot of <laughs> one these one agent. Uh, yeah, agent that someone's going to have to give. There's going to have to be. Either the the team says we're not going there and they're moving on, or the the asking price goes down, or maybe when you have a situation like maybe Baltimore, who might have said, "All right, we we'll dabble around with adding another another pitcher," but with this with Kyle Bradish having a it's a sprained UCL and he's going on the IL, maybe they then are pressed to to have to make that move. So it'd be interesting to see how long some of these guys hold out, like a Cody Bellinger, like a Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell out there as well. Yeah, the Rangers could really use another arm unless they are going to get a healthy season from DeGrom at some point, Scherzer, and then the lineup. I mean, it's Corey Seager, it's Adolis Garcia, Josh Young, Marcus Simeon. They're they're a, one of the best watches in oh, baseball. They were, they were so fun to watch last postseason. So fun to watch. Just put up runs with ease, and then, yeah, I got the pitching to go with it. The Phillies are number six. They've been rumored to be like a – Kind of a hanging in the weeds team that could make one more move. We know what their lineup does. I mean, they got Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Castellanos, uh, yeah, JT Rio Muto. The starting rotation beyond Wheeler and Nola has always been a little suspect. So, and they lost Craig Kimbrell at the back end of their bullpen this offseason. Um, he's joining the Orioles because they have a season ending injury to their closer Felix Bautista so uh, the Phillies have already spent a decent amount of money but it's a large market team that usually gets aggressive and they've been aggressive especially adding bats how do you feel about Philly I mean they, they could have we were glowing about their atmosphere last year which is one of the best and if if you can't hold down their lineup it, I don't see why they couldn't win it no, I mean, they're always a threat to win it, and it seems like they've been a bright lights team because every – it seems like this whole kind of era since they've brought Bryce Harper in and now Trey Turner and Schwarber and, and had that whole – this whole lineup together, it feels like they've been like in the wild card mix in late in September where it's like, well, the Phillies have like 84 wins. Are they going to even make the playoffs? Right. And then they get in and their lineup goes crazy the whole postseason. They've been a, a team that shows up in the playoffs, and that environment is the best in baseball right now, in my opinion, for a big playoff game. So they're always a threat. I don't think they need to add anything for me to be scared that they can 
win the NL pennant. That lineup's just so hard to keep down when they're all clicking, and it seems like they've all clicked in the postseason the last couple of years. I do think they need some pitching. I've I've expected them to be in on some of these top starters, and with two left-handers and Snell and Montgomery available, I would feel like they should be aggressive in trying to get one of those guys because the, the back end of that rotation does scare me when it comes to a, a playoff series, but it hasn't really hurt them here recently because their top two are so good. We've got Jeff Jones coming up here in a few minutes, going to join us from Jupiter, Florida, to talk Cardinals. Let's go a little rapid fire. Yeah, just to, we to, need to hit on two teams yeah. that we care about let's here. Find where where, let's find where they are. So the Diamondbacks are seven, the Yankees are eight, the Blue Jays are nine, the Mariners are ten, Twins 11, Reds 12. There's your first Ugh. NL Central team. 13, Rays, can never count them out. 14, the Chicago Cubs. Oh, I thought I thought they were gonna have the Cardinals on ahead of the Cubs. I was gonna go on a riot. And this, <laughs> and this is before the news has come down. Obviously about Cody Bellinger. There, there's some money to spend there. Obviously for Chicago, at least you hope so. And I was even reading today that maybe the Cubs could kind of be a sleeper for Montgomery if they, for whatever reason, don't end up with Bellinger, and then they allocate that money to a Montgomery or try to jump in on Blake Snell. What do you think of 14? Kind of middle of the pack in baseball, obviously the second best team, power rated, not that far from the Reds, according to The Athletic. I think it's completely fair. I, I, at the end of the day, this is a team that missed the playoffs last year and a team that, as of now, doesn't have their best hitter slated back into their lineup. And I hope that changes sometime soon, but I think that is fair. But I don't know. I just... It is tough because, like, the entire NL Central, I, I think you could rank the top four teams any way you really wanted to. Maybe you'd bump the Brewers down. They lose their manager. They lose Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. They probably are a clear four preseason. Although, again, at the same time, they just kind of they're, – they're they're consistent. Around, they do so much more with less. Where's Woodruff going? He's yeah, still he's, out there? Uh, he's out for the season, so oh, a team's going to okay. have to sign him. I keep forgetting that. It's been floated out there that a team will sign him to a two-year contract and kind of rehab him and try to have him for next year, which right. Chicago Cubs, I wouldn't hate that <laughs> idea. But, yeah, no, 14 is totally fair for the Cubs. You have to wait and see. They haven't done a ton. They talked a big game heading into the offseason. I like a couple of the moves they've made, but you need to lock in Cody Bellinger. Remains to be seen what impact Craig Council will make, but 14 is about right to me. I agree with you on that. 15 Padres, 16 Marlins, 17 Mets. We're getting down here, Kyle. 18 Brewers. Wow. I I think they need to be in the 20s. Yeah, I just – Craig Council gone. Their top top two pitchers gone for Mm -hmm. the year. And you just look at that lineup. I mean, they can't – unless they have this dominant pitching staff again, which I think it's going to take a step back, I don't think this is a playoff team or even real all that close. 19 Red Sox are catching a lot of heat for not trying. And then you have the Cardinals, number 20. Yay. Oh, boy. Does that seem about right to you? No, I mean, I I get the harsh angle on that. The fact that they had one of the worst starting pitching ERAs in all of baseball last year, and they went and signed two guys with ERAs at five or worse in Gibson and Lynn, and then Michaelis has been really dicey, Steven Matz. I love the Sonny Gray signing. I love what I saw. I want to ask Jeff Jones about kind of his back-and-forth exchange with Contreras at spring training. I got a lot of Cardinals thoughts. We'll get to more of that. I want to get Jeff Jones, though, first because we got him coming up next, the Belleville News Democrat. He's down in Jupiter, Florida, to give us a sneak peek at what's going on as pitchers and catchers are reporting and baseball is just around the corner. So if you want to weigh in, you can, 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Lake text line. We'll talk more baseball. Jeff Jones coming up next. This is The Drive. Save up to 50% on a hot tub or swim spa at the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend only at the Champaign County Fairgrounds. Browse a huge display of hot tubs, cold therapy tubs, and swim spas from five major brands at up to 50% off. See swim spas in action offering exercise, therapy, and fun all year long. Immediate delivery is available, financing is available, and show admission is free. That's the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend only at the Champaign County Fairgrounds. Visit HotTubExpo.com. That's HotTubExpo.com. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. 
With over 30 years experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. This is a familiar sound in Illinois. Cold snap grappling with heavy snowfall while bracing themselves for a significant winter storm. The snow will come, but you need to go to work, to school, to the store, to care for family. When the weather's rough, you need a vehicle that's tough. Sarah of Champaign wants to put you in an Outback, Forester, Crosstrek, or Ascent. There are so many reasons why a Subaru SUV is the best vehicle to drive during winter months. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, vehicle dynamics control, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, and available X mode for when the snow is extra deep. That adds up to performance and safety. Don't wait for the next storm warning. If you have to get where you're going, no matter the weather, see the huge selection and great deals at Sarah Subaru today, Route 45 in Savoy, or online at sarahsubaruchampagne.com. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini and Pia as the pregame fun starts at Pia Sports Bar and Grill. Pia serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. You've heard about the doggy bag, right? From Bulldog Disposal Muhammad, a six cubic yard canvas bag that can be used for easy cleanup instead of a big dumpster. The one-time use bag is now available and you can save the delivery charge. Get the doggy bag at Do It Best Hardware in Champaign at 107 West Springfield. So fill up the bag, call Bulldog Disposal, have it disposed of, and you'll be organized. Go to bulldoggybag.com for all the details. That's bulldoggybag.com. As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstowing.com. At Pards in Urbana, the boots just keep on coming. They're known for their huge collection of men's cowboy boots, women's cowgirl boots, kids' boots, and even shoes. If you're searching for top footwear brands, look no further than Pards. They carry a wide variety, including Ariat, Dan Post, Smoky Mountain, Roper, Double H, and more. And if socks or accessories are what you need, they've got all your high-quality essentials. Since 1968, Pards has been serving their customers with high-quality merchandise. And if you haven't been to Pards in a while, a lot has changed. Go check them out just off University Avenue in Urbana. Think you have to settle for mediocre car insurance to save money? Think again. It's possible to get superior coverage and still save money with Erie Insurance. Customers who switched to Erie saved up to $951. It pays to compare. Switch and save with Erie. Your Erie agent in Champaign is Thomas & Ellers Insurance. Annual savings based on new customers surveyed in March 2022 who reported savings when switching auto insurance. Individual premiums and savings will vary. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's keep the momentum rolling with baseball talk. We're going to get a inside look at spring training from Jeff Jones, Belleville News Democrat. He's joining us now on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Jeff, how's Florida, man? How's how's baseball uh, as far as the pitchers and catchers and spring training in full swing just around the corner? You know, the sunshine is good, and the uh, the sound of, of bats and balls getting going here is usually enough to break me out of the winter stupor and, and get us ready for spring. So all things considered, the uh, the first week of camp down here for the Cardinals, going pretty well so far. I love it. I love it. I, there's been a, a good amount of attention on Sonny Gray and, and Wilson Gutierrez having a, a meeting there in their first pitch and catch, uh, as, and it sounds like two really competitive guys. Obviously, you're getting a look at a lot of these these pitchers who probably aren't throwing a bunch of pitches and probably aren't showing all their stuff, but just did you notice anything from those two and just kind of what have you seen so far? 
Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what really jumps out about Sonny. Is this is my uh, my sixth spring training down here in, in Florida, and you get a pretty good sense of the rhythms of how these things go and, you know, kind of what to expect and what not to expect. And it was almost a little jarring to, to hear Sonny from, you know, a good a good couple hundred feet away kind of working through first his work on Tuesday and then today throwing a, throwing a full bullpen session uh, to Yvonne Herrera today, actually, and, and just sort of listening to the way – uh, that, that, that he explains the count that he wants to work in and where he wants the pitches to go and precisely what he's trying to work on, kind of, you know, at full volume from the pitcher's mound. And so uh, it, it's honestly a really interesting opportunity to just kind of learn a lot more about how he views pitching just by watching him throw a bullpen. And, it's, you know, it's, you know when I say loud, if, if you're a fan who's coming down here to just kind of hang out around the backfield and, and sort of watch guys that are their routines, you're hearing him too. Like, it, 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 it's very, very noticeable. Uh, and so that's been a... Uh, even here in the early going, a really interesting sort of look in how you know prime offseason acquisition is going to go about his business. I know a familiar face, a guy that Cardinals fans have seen plenty of in the past, Lance Lynn, through this morning, and it seems like he's probably one of the more popular characters on this team, at least based on some of the early indications. When you got the flow going, the big beard, the tats, and was that like a a pink jeep or something like that that he's driving? How's the vibes around Lance Lynn? Look, it's hard to have uh, hard to have bad vibes around a, a Barbie pink Ford Bronco, uh, <laughs> but Illinois placed on it. I should have, so you know, well represented nice. down here. Uh, no, he was here today with us. His two daughters actually were here as well, riding around on their scooters with their iPads, and, and you know, we were talking to Lance a little this afternoon, and he mentioned that you know both the girls were born after he left St. Louis. They were both Arizona kids. He was joking, so you know, a, a chance obviously for his family to enjoy, but more to the point for the Cardinals, uh, a chance you know for Lance to kind of re-imprint on this organization and, and kind of bring the sort of intangible stuff that if you're on a team like the White Sox where things are going poorly and, 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 and everything is kind of bad vibes around there, I can see where it would wear on folks. But if you're, you know, if you're the Cardinals and you're kind of trying to reestablish yourself, uh, I think having a presence like Lance, like, like Lance around the camp really can go a long way in terms of a guy who not only knows how to go about his work, but also is intentional about making sure that other people know how to go about their work as well. I mean, you know, kind of a more rising tide lifts all boats sort of situation. Jeff, I want to get your opinion. Obviously, there's some fans out there that cringe at the ages of, of Lance Lynn and Gibson and also uh, some of their ERAs uh, last year as well. But John Mosellock's come out and some of the, the word around the, the Cardinals camp is that, well, they wanted more of a veteran presence and, and some guys that had been there before. And, and obviously, you're, you're complimenting them with some younger pieces. Did you get the sense that are you buying, I guess my question is, are you buying that narrative that, that was lacking last year, and do you think that can be something that will legitimately help them going into this season? You know, the question of what was lacking last year in terms of that is really interesting because when you kind of look at the guys uh, who left the Cardinals this winter, it wasn't really guys who you would think of as, you know, veterans who they picked up as free agents where it didn't work out. It was homegrown guys, right? It was, you know, Tyler O'Neill wasn't technically homegrown, but they got him before he reached the big leagues and Dakota Hudson and Jake Woodford and, you know, and, and guys who had been in a half dozen camps who had maybe just sort of plateaued or, or, or the fit had kind of not worked out. Now, you know, when I hear Mosellock talk about players who want to be in St. Louis rather than players who they had to beg having better outcomes, I, I, I understand what he's saying there. I think that that is one sort of somewhat convenient way to describe uh, kind of what they thought in the free agent market, because frankly, they, you know what what they thought is not all that sexy, not all that attractive to fans, mm-hmm. but does sort of bring the stability that they were lacking. You know, I, I read about this kind of before the start of camp, but when you look at the Cardinals last year, they had 21 times where on back to back days, not getting back to back days on the calendar, uh, a starter didn't get through more than five innings, and they had five times that happened three days in a row. And so what that happens is the bullpen just it it just adds up and it just wears on him. And so when you look at Lynn and you look at Gibson, especially in great to some extent, but, but more Lynn and Gibson, these guys are going to take the ball and for better or worse, whatever the numbers look like at the end of the year and whatever the homer totals look like or the ERA numbers look like, they're going to have taken the ball. Uh, and their hope at least that creates a cascading effect that makes their bullpen a little bit stronger and, and, and makes things a little more stable and stops them from getting into the position where they were last year where they were scrambling to have guys even available out of the bullpen, let alone in the rotation. So, you know, they're, the way that they're kind of dressing up the leadership aspect of this, those things are all nice, and I'm sure they believe them to some extent. But I definitely think more pertinent, more relevant to this conversation is just 
the way that these guys can be trusted to carry a load because they're veterans. They know what they're doing. They know how to handle their bodies. And, yeah, is there a risk that older pitchers are going to get hurt? For sure. Pitching is bad for you. Uh, and the older you get, the more that has, you know, that, that has a chance of kind of being magnified. But they are trusting that these are guys who they can trust with how they know how to go about their preparation. Jeff Jones does a great job covering the Cardinals for the Belleville News Democrat. You can follow him on Twitter at JM Jones. On the other side of the age scale, some of the young guys, especially in the lineup, are going to be important, like a Jordan Walker. I want to get your thoughts. What is your What are your expectations, and what are you looking for out of Mason Wynn, who is high up on those prospect rankings right now? I know that Fangraphs came out today. I think he's 25. I know the MLB probably in the in the early 20s as well. So what do you think that Cardinals fans who got a glimpse of him back in September can maybe expect as he transitioned to his first full year with the Cardinals? You know, I, I think if, if Mason Wynn can have a season where he is a really strong defensive shortstop and he is maybe a just slightly below league average offensive player, the Cardinals would probably be very happy with that because that gives them the kind of stability defensively up the middle uh, that, that they – Craze in that spot, and it also puts them in a position for Mason to be able to get experience and, and, and grow and sort of assert himself as you know a full time big leaguer, which he hasn't quite done yet. I think you know when, when when you think about the way spring training looked last year for Jordan Walker, you mentioned for example, Walker was in a spot where he was competing ostensibly for the roster, but it was a competition that I don't think anybody expected him to lose at any point, and I could have imagined Wynn being in a similar situation. I think that they've actually been a lot more clear uh, about how much they're expecting to rely on Wynn, and part of that, too, is necessity, because with Tommy Edmonds still dealing with the risk thing, Wynn is going to have to play shortstop for them. So, you know, what is this year going to look like? I, I, I tend to think that he is going to be a standout defensive player who's going to show flashes offensively, and you just kind of give a bat the chance to grow uh, and allow him to become the offensive player that they think he can be. We got to talk to Jordan Walker here during the Cardinals caravan. A really good dude, by the way. Always got a smile. Was great with the kids. And is a very exciting young talent. What What will you be looking for in spring training? Then, obviously, as the, the games start to count, to maybe what would indications to you show that he's ready to take another step this year? You know, I, I think with Walker, as you look at, sort of the ups and downs of his season and you know there's a hit streak early in the season but are they empty hits to some extent and where did the power go and he kind of comes back and a little a little bit more like you expect the thing to remember is that you know that was a guy who was 20 21 years old and and so he's still adjusting to the league even as he kind of figures out himself and what he needs to do to get through a full season i, I think this year for the cardinals it's reasonable to expect jordan walker to be a guy who hits 270 who hits 25 homers who drives in 90 runs a, a guy who you can pretty comfortably have hit second or fifth or sixth in your lineup to lengthen it uh and, and really provide you that kind of thump and, and for me what needs to happen for jordan walker for the cardinals to have success this season that he needs to become that guy uh and i, I guess the, the way to put it is for jordan walker if we get to spring training next year and we're talking about the possibility of him getting the kind of contract extension that the Royals gave Bobby Witt just here a couple of weeks ago, right? If we, you know, if we get to a point where now there's a real conversation about the Cardinals needing to lock up Walker through his prime and, and, and go into the future, we'll know he had the kind of lead for that they think he's capable of. But frankly, I think he's capable of. I think you know, we look at the physical skill set, the basketball, just the, the that he is going to be just terrible for opposing pitchers to deal with for you know the next decade and a half or so. So I my, my expectations for Jordan Walker are high. The Cardinals are as well, uh, but I think he's likely to meet them. A few more minutes here with Jeff Jones. I want to ask you about a couple of other young guys that you see on some of these prospect lists. We've heard a decent amount of Tink Hints, just him coming up in the – in the process, a former second-round pick, and I know the Cardinals could really use a, a homegrown pitcher here in the future to establish himself in that rotation. And I think that Victor Scott, another guy that he was at the Cardinals caravan here in Champaign and someone that racked up a crazy amount of stolen bases. Do you think that Scott will be someone we see in St. Louis this year at some point? And then where do you think Hintz is at as far as his development? Yeah, so in terms of Scott, there definitely is an opening for him. Uh, to at least make a debut this season and, and get himself kind of firmly into the picture for 2025. You know, 
Does he does he so does he break camp with the big league team? Probably not. If that happens, there probably were a couple of things that went wrong for the Cardinals during spring. Uh, but definitely a guy who's on the radar in terms of being able to uh, to make a debut because, as you mentioned, you know, defense is the thing that is almost entirely well developed with him and, and, and speed. He has the kind that you can't teach, and so there's a lot to like about how he profiles and, frankly, the kind of things he can rely on, uh, even if the bat is not quite all the way there yet. You know, in, in terms of hence, what it's going to be really interesting with is how they handled the buildup of innings, right? Because this is a guy who had a little bit of a hiccup in terms of injury last year and he didn't have the quantity of innings that they would have liked him to have as they built through the system. Uh, but he is also a guy who was drafted in the COVID draft and there's weird things happening with the minor leagues in 21. Uh, and there was, you know, there, there hasn't really been as smooth a development path in terms of natural build as you might expect. And so, you know, for hence, it's going to be a matter of, okay, can he put on enough bulk innings this year, say that's 110, 120, whatever it is, that next season they can count on him for 140 or 150, and maybe 50 of those are in the big leagues, right? And that, that's kind of the progression you're looking at uh, as these guys build arm strength and, you know, as teams get increasingly more protective of their pitchers given how important they are to the future of these teams. So, you know, we've we've seen Hens down here throw once already. Um, it it looks, as they say, free and easy coming out of his hand. But, no, he's, he's unbelievably physically talented. The stuff absolutely jumps out at you when you watch him pitch. It's just a matter of how much they're willing to take the restrictor plate off and, and let him grow kind of as he goes through the player development process. All right, last one for you, Jeff. There's been a lot of noise about these Fanatics jerseys. You've seen them in person. Are they as, Is the noise as far as the negative as as advertised? Are they, are they that bad? They, they are worse. Than people are saying they are they are extremely bad. Like I cannot I cannot strongly enough convey to you how bad they are. Uh, like there are because there are things there are things happening as well that don't really stand out in terms of details on photos. Right, for instance, all of the stitching around the numbers around the main place in the back all looks weirdly bunched up because the material is so thin that when you go through and, and you stitch patches onto it, it just sort of grabs and bunches. You know, I know there has been something written about how most teams are going to have, like, the weird dimpled numbers on their jerseys front and back. The Cardinals at least push back on that and, are, and have solid patches for their numbers. But even then, like, the, 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 the number patches almost look nearly translucent. Uh, the font is terrible. You can't read anybody's name from more than 100 feet away, and, and, and fans are going to have a hell of a time with it. They are, they are extremely bad. Like, they are shockingly bad. They are so bad that... Actually, Rob Bamford is, is meeting with folks across the state uh, in, in Tampa or maybe Clearwater here this evening. Usually he does one meeting in Arizona, one meeting in Florida. Uh, he's on the Gulf Coast side this year. Jupiter's on the Atlantic side. I'm not driving two and a half hours to talk to Rob Manfred. But I, I fully expect that we're going to be reading quotes from Rob here in the next couple of hours being forced to defend the jerseys. And if the changeover of the jerseys is so bad that the commissioner gets asked about it, somebody made a mistake. That's well said. Yeah, I, how do you mess this up? I have no idea. But anyways, they're, bad. they're really bad. <laughs> I hate it. I hate to see it. But uh, Jeff, we we love to have you back on the airwaves. Love talking Cardinals baseball with you. Love your coverage. Uh, everyone, make sure Belleville News Democrat to check out his stuff here in the coming weeks. Jeff, enjoy Florida. Enjoy spring training, and uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to what you got churning out here uh, as spring training gets rolling. So thanks for your time today, man. Will do, guys. Anytime. Happy to do it. Jeff Jones, Belleville News Democrat. You can follow him on Twitter, at JM Jones. Good stuff catching up with him about the Cardinals. Kyle, those jerseys. Those jerseys are horrendous. Oh, my God. How How do you mess that up I don't understand how you can make a product look that bad. It's a baseball jersey. (laughs) Been making them for how many years? The the the, font font with the the names is the worst part. It just looks so amateur. Like, you see better jerseys at a... 12-year-old travel team tournament. <laughs> you do. You actually do. I don't Andrew know. Tay probably sports a yeah. better-looking jersey I, than I, I MLB would, teams. I would imagine. I would imagine. That's sad to see. Anyways, what do you think? of Anything stand out to you as a opposing fan uh, as you look at the Cardinals and the storylines around their spring training? I'm worried about Jordan Walker. I hope you have to be, yeah. <laughs> I don't. He already had a couple moments against the Cubs last year at Wrigley. I'm not looking forward to playing that guy. Should be fun. It should be fun to watch. That's that's one of the things where I'm still so internally, I'm conflicted now because I'm I'm getting really excited for baseball, 
and I'm excited to see Jordan Walker and his development. I still love watching Goldie and Arenado every day. I mean, that, how can you not when you got two perennial all-stars in the corners? And I I really like the Sonny Gray. I still have high hope for it. you still I, have a ton of confidence real quick in Goldschmidt and Arenado? I know they were both a little bit down last yeah. year in comparison to their first couple I, of years in St. Louis. Is there any concern there? A little bit with Goldie, I think. I, I'm still in on Nato. He's an elite defensive third baseman and a guy that they, they've kind of they've been streaky. It feels like where there's been a lot of times where it seems like, and look, every fan probably has some kind of they'll take a snapshot of a season or, or they they watch it every day. And in comparison, maybe it's the same around the league. It's just seemed like there haven't been a long a long stretch of time where both are just red hot. So it's like Goldie's hot but Nato's been in the tank for two months and then and then vice versa and, and how that goes so um Goldie's getting up there in age one thing I would say is if the Cardinals are middling this year to bad if they're bad obviously there has to be big changes I want big changes anyway that you'd wonder if you missed a chance to pivot and maybe move a guy like Goldie when his value was was high like he he, he could have commanded a pretty good haul for someone trying to make a postseason push, make a real World Series push. Because what, is he Is he 35? I think and, so. And he's had some, not that he can't play upwards to 40, but that's where it's kind of, that's where I'd be critical of the Cardinals in that you're, you're his contract's expiring after this year yeah, too, right? See, yep. So he 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 was not an all-star last year, to your point. Hit two sixty-eight, which was the lowest he's had in a while since his first year in St. Louis. OPS definitely the lowest since his rookie year with the D-backs. Twenty-five home runs, eighty RBIs, played in 156 games. So he did have a fall off. It was one year removed from him being the NL MVP though in twenty twenty two, which he was fantastic. So that's where I get frustrated because if you're in win now mode with I mean, you got Nolan Arenado to win immediately, and he wanted to be on a contender. He didn't want to go through a season which probably felt pretty familiar last year to losing 90-plus games. You've got Goldie getting up there in age. You signed Contreras and are paying him. Why are you not maybe being a little bit more aggressive to say, yeah, we're going to go out and get that other starter? Yeah, on paper we got six starters, but one can throw in the bullpen. Matt can throw in the bullpen, or Lynn, he can come out of the bullpen. Someone's going to get hurt. But instead we're playing this game of we're going to – we're going to be – it feels complacent to me for the Cardinals on on to not answer the pitching well enough when it was so bad last year. And I still feel pretty good about the lineup on paper. That, that's just that's just for me. And I should have asked Jeff Jones. I, when we have him on next time, I think it's kind of funny. One of the ironic things for me is that there's a lot of things being written now about, oh, new battery mates, Sonny Gray and Wilson Contreras. And look at the – the new pitcher and they coming into the catch like a year ago, less than a year ago, we were talking about the Cardinals were going to make sure that Wilson Contreras didn't catch again. Like that's where it's so frustrating, and and just the convenience of narratives. Like oh, you know, it was Wilson's fault last year why the pitching stunk. Oh wait, no, you know it stunk when we brought in who, who's Kisner was the catcher and they had Contreras catch again. Oh wait, actually we didn't have enough old guys. Now we got too many old guys. They're just trying like, to pretend that didn't happen now. There was a, the whole story early last year about how, well, Contreras needs to put a lot of work in to ever catch again for yeah, us. Yeah, right. And then he kept, he was catching the rest of the season. Pitching was just as bad, and now you head into this year, and it's like, yeah, forget that ever happened. And it wasn't his He's our catcher. How could it be his fault that Jack Flaherty stunk? Because that's what Jack Flaherty's been. How could it be his fault that Adam Wainwright was still oh on the gosh, roster? Oh, my gosh, because he's 50 years old. Anyways, I'm gonna sound like a negative complainer. Cubs fans are probably gonna enjoy it, but yeah, that that's where it's like baseball's here. I'm excited about some aspects of the Cardinals, but I'm still furious that they had all those those issues last year. And he said, you know what? Let's bring back Ollie. Let's bring back Mosellock. Let's go into free agency, and we need three starters. Two of them are gonna be older guys that had five ERAs, and let, let's just see what happens. I'm already there's mad still, and they playing the game. <laughs> there's still something to me, though, as a Cubs fan, like looking at the Cardinals roster, I would not be shocked if they all of a sudden are just 93-win team this year. 
There's just so there's too much talent on that roster. I, it is going to come down to the pitching staff. If Sonny Gray's Sonny Gray of last year, yeah. I think that'll go a long way. And if you can get a little bit from maybe one of the younger pitchers, or if Michaelis can bounce back a little bit, like that lineup. You can look up and down good. that lineup. I'd take that lineup over the Cubs lineup as of right now without Cody Bellinger in it. Like I just on paper, talent sure. wise, I sure. just it, it it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals. I I still. I get a little frustrated when I see Cardinals fans like, oh, that forget last year. That was just a complete one-off. The Cardinals are going to win the Central this year. I'd roll my eyes at that, uh-huh. but it wouldn't shock me if that happened. I do think they probably could have used one more established pitcher and not Lance Lynn, but that lineup is is scary. You look up and down that lineup, and it really, it really is scary if you get the good Goldsmith, the good Arenado, the good Contreras. And now Jordan Walker, I think a f- future superstar with the bat, probably gets better. Could be fun. Yeah, Nolan Gorman's still in there. A guy that yeah, has, that, has some, guy, some that guy kills and, the Cubs already in his career. Yeah, he can be pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I fully agree. The lineup on paper, and I'm not out on Contreras, even though he had a, a really tough and bad first half of the year. The, the bat got going. His offensive the numbers were right where his career numbers have been by the end of the year. Yeah. I still maintain that there is some issues there defensively. Of course, yeah. I, I'm not arguing that he's he can hit the ball. That he's not any part of a. I don't know if he's you know you could say part of the problem it's or, not, or he's not the he's one just, to blame. But yeah, right. he's not a top tier of defensive. No, catcher. and you knew that coming in, right? So, anywho, good to call, good to talk some baseball. Let's continue this though. Let's uh, find out and read into the athletic. Also came out top 10 free agents remaining in in the MLB and some buzz on what's the latest and some predicted landing spots for guys like Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger. Let's get the latest on that and we'll weigh in as we go. 217-359-2255. You want to hit us up on the U of I Alina Link text line. Bill from Troy said, for what I pay for travel ball, the jerseys better be nicer than Fanatics. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, those are not... Those are not sightly. So, all right, got to catch a break. Continue the baseball, the hardball. We're going hardball heavy today. Uh, I don't know if anybody minds it. Kind of a lull in the college basketball week, especially for Illinois. We'll we'll hit on some Big Ten at the end as what's going on recently. Maryland played last night, as did Michigan State at Penn State. So, uh, But more baseball on the other side. Stick with us for that. This is The Drive. By now, you've all heard the expression, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 for PDR Automotive. They are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. But who are they? They, the PDR staff, understand that a name is only as good as the people that represent it. The PDR staff has more than 335 years of combined automotive experience, several employees now on staff for more than 25 years. PDR, more than just a name. Family owned and operated, now celebrating over 50 years in business are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life come work for us at aftershock we're looking for a guy with experience and wrapping whether it be window tinting vinyl wrapping anything of that sort or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do you know those wraps with troy lands on the back waving at you that's our work Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you.